Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with your host, that's me, Kia, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies. So happy Monday, and I hope that everyone is doing extremely well. I feel like it's been a long time, even though we did have an episode last week, but I don't feel like I've been on social media a lot. This I don't know. But anyway... I hope that you all are doing well, and I'm so excited that you decided to join me on another episode. So on last week's episode, we talked about a few things from a different model of therapy, which is EMDR, um, to relationships and self-care with the amazing therapist, Sharon Lawrence, and she shared so many gems. The biggest thing I got from last week's episode, because y'all, I do go back and listen to the episodes. I do. Sometimes I may listen to them two and three times, just for like research purposes. I'm trying to always figure out how to make the podcast better and to reach more people. So yeah, but the EMDR, it can be really beneficial to those of us who have experienced trauma. And so if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to listen to the episode either after you finish listening to today's episode or stop this episode and go listen to last week. Either is fine. And the week before that, we spoke with the impeccable singer, actress, author, Jennifer Lewis, who shared her truth about living with bipolar disorder. So if you didn't hear that episode, I definitely want you to stop this episode right now and go back and listen to Jennifer Lewis episode. It's just so encouraging. She's so real and so down to earth. And y'all, Jennifer Lewis is just gold because like she's so unapologetic about who she is. And it's like you like her or you don't like her. But either way, she's still going to be her. And I just truly enjoy that about her. And I was really grateful that I had an opportunity to interview her so if I don't do anything else for the last quarter of this year I interviewed Jennifer Lewis and that's a huge co- accomplishment within itself so I'm really really excited and grateful that I had that opportunity if you are new to this podcast welcome I always have to welcome my new people who find us because as I've always say on almost every episode of the podcast it's just growing like like a baby. It truly is just taking baby steps and we're building our Fireflies audience. And so if you're new to this podcast, the goal is to just raise awareness about mental health within communities of color by specifically sharing the stories of people who live with a mental illness and just to encourage all of us to put our mental health first. But I also want us to see that mental wellness is just not limited to those of us who are in recovery and living with a mental illness. But mental health, like we all have physical health, we all have mental health. And so I really wanna get that point across because sometimes people use mental illness and mental health interchangeably and they're not the same. So if that's something that you struggle with, definitely go back and listen to the episode with Brittany Moses. She talks about the difference between mental health and mental illness. And so, but overall, again, like I said, we all have mental health and I want to the podcast to really empower us to be mentally well. And so mental wellness is, again, like I said, not limited to those of us who live with a mental illness, but it is also connected to our physical health, our diet. And I don't mean like we're on a diet. I mean, our diet, what is our diet consist of, whether good or bad. It's also connected to our relationships, our finances, our career, whether we feel like we're walking in our purpose or not, spirituality, shelter, and so much more. And so my goal is to show how everything truly does start and end with our mental health. So for those of you who have been listening from the beginning, you know why I started the podcast. I started this podcast for all of my new people who are finding us. I started this podcast because... I didn't see any mental health podcast that was from the perspective of people who were like me. So a suicide survivor and maybe was diagnosed with major depressive disorder or bipolar disorder, PTSD, 
bulimia, schizophrenia, um, anorexia, any type of mental illness, because there are so many of them. A lot of times we just hear about depression and anxiety, but there are so many mental illnesses. And I really work on getting us the opportunity to learn about people who live with a variety of mental illnesses. And so the goal is really to just to create a safe space for people who live with any mental illness to share their story. So that's one part of the reason why I started the podcast, just because I saw that there were so many podcasts from clinicians, but I was like, what about the people who are being treated? Because clinicians, whether a social worker, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, like they wouldn't, mental health professionals, they would not be able to make money if we didn't have the diagnosis. So I was like, where are all of my people? Like, where's my community? Where are my peers? People who have been admitted in the psychiatric unit. Because when I came out of the psychiatric unit, I felt very lost and I almost felt like I had to rebuild. Well, I still am rebuilding, honestly. And I was like, I wanna connect with other people who have been in the psychiatric unit. What was their experience like versus what was my experience like? And did they have a good experience? Did they have a bad experience? Do, are they able to work? Do they have to rely on disability? Like, cause it's a huge spectrum when you think about mental illness. And so thus was birthed the Fireflies community. And I always say, probably almost every episode, Beyonce got her beehive, Kia has her fireflies. And that is all of you who listen to the podcast, who take, um, who send me DMs on social media, that it's all of you who share the podcast, who support me, who come hear me speak. Though you guys are the fireflies because you are truly allowing your light, whether you live with a mental illness or not, but you're being a part of the conversation to illuminate a really big light to normalize the mental health conversation. And so that's really where the podcast was birthed from. So if you are new, I hope that something that is shared today and that you enjoy the episode or that you and you go back and you listen to previous episodes and that you learn something about yourself or maybe it's something that you can share with a relative or a friend. So welcome and welcome back to all of my wonderful OG listeners who've been listening since day one. The podcast launched January 1st. And it's almost one year, and I can't believe it. I really can't. It's, while, yes, it's easy to put a podcast together, but it also can be it can be very time-consuming. And with life happening, it can be become challenging to keep up the momentum with the podcast. There are thousands or million, maybe millions of podcasts, um, but so many people are, it's hard to stay consistent. And so that's something that I really pride myself on and do my absolute best whether if that sometimes mean I got to take a break like I did in September where we had to take a two-week break because I had to get myself together to be in a better space to do the podcast. So, yes. So, today I want to keep the episode kind of light because we mental health can be, it can be very heavy, but it doesn't always have to be. So, today we're going to, like I said, have a light episode and we're going to talk about different personality types from introverts to extroverts and ambiverts. And that ambiverts may be a new term that some of you may have not heard of. But my hope is that you can see where you fall on the spectrum and that it helps you figure out what's the best way to navigate through the world and certain spaces, whether it's navigate through your career or navigate in relationships whether it's friends or families or significant others like hopefully that you'll be able to identify and see where you fall and figure out how do I have to alter and really just simply becoming more self-aware and that's the benefit of therapy you truly do become more self-aware I'm more self-aware than I have ever been while yes there are still some things that I'm working on but I, I know a lot more about myself than I did just a year ago. Some of us have heard, well, actually not some of us. I'm pretty sure a lot of us or most of us have have heard of introverts. And some of us assume introverts don't like people and that they're really shy. And for some reason in my brain, I feel like when people think about introverts, they are like in a fetal position and they're like rocking back and forth and sucking their thumb. It's really funny. I don't know why in my mind I think about that. 
But in my experience, there are certain, there are different types of introverts, I should say. And the reason why I say that is because I identify as an introvert. And some people are probably listening like, what, you are not an introvert. You are super talkative. Sometimes people have to tell you to stop talking because you talk too much. You enjoy being around people and you're not shy. Well, yes, that is very true. I enjoy being around people. I am not shy. So yeah, but here's the thing. When you think about introversion and extroversion, what it is, it's how someone recharges. So how I recharge, I recharge when I'm by myself. Like they feel alive around people. Like they get their energy. They recharge from being around a group of people. Me, on the other hand, y'all, I remember one time I did a conference and I spoke like two days back to back to like a hundred plus people. And I literally felt like on the third day, I felt like somebody put a straw into my back and they sucked all the energy out. And typically when I'm around, I'm gonna say more than, I come from a really big family. So my family is, my mom has seven children. When I'm around my family for more than two days, I need a day or sometimes two to recharge because it's like I'm around too many personalities, so much energy that's in the atmosphere from all the different personalities and I just feel very lethargic, I feel very tired. And sometimes I usually would take like a half a day or sometimes a full day just to sleep. So it's really about more so how you recharge versus you don't like people and maybe, because some introverts can be like, oh, they're shy and they don't like being around people, but that's not me. It's typically the way you recharge. And so people who are maybe shy and they don't really like being around people or some people say that some uh, introverts are socially awkward. I'm the farthest thing from socially awkward, but I have a friend who can sometimes be socially awkward and she's and she's naturally an introvert. Our personalities from the outside looking in, yeah, we're, we're different obviously because we're two different people, but we recharge the same way in the sense that I need to go and listen to a podcast by myself or I need to, I love reading books. That's a great way for me to recharge or I may listen to a sermon by myself. Um, and I do enjoy being around people, but like I prefer small intimate settings. So if it's like me and maybe two of my friends and we're hanging out with each other, whether it's I prefer in the house, but we can even like go out to eat or something, then that's fine. But when you start getting up in the numbers, the more people I'm around, the more drained I start to feel over time. And so that's something I really wanted us to talk about, just to learn what the differences are between introverts and extroverts. So when we think of extroverts, like I said, they're usually like, oh, they're the life of the party. They're a social butterfly. And I'm a social butterfly, but I still don't identify as an extrovert. So I remember I was having this conversation last week with my friend and she was like, yeah, I'm an extrovert. I get my energy. I feel alive when I'm around people. And it's like, mm, I feel alive to a certain extent because after a while, like I said, y'all, I literally start to, I don't, maybe turn into a pumpkin, turn into like my energy levels just start to decline. Like that's why like my mom's house, when I go back to visit my family in New Jersey, y'all, after a couple days, I'll be like, oh, I gotta go. Cause it's, it's, it's like too much stimulation. Like I, I can only have a lot of stimulation at one time for a short time period after a while it becomes too much so just something for you to think about so introverts versus extroverts so let's let's think about this so something that i want you to think about how do you recharge do you recharge by being social or do you recharge by spending time alone so extroverts typically they were recharged by being social introverts typically we that's we recharge by spending time alone that's me all the way Another thing, do you enjoy group conversations or do you enjoy one-on-one -on -one conversations? An introvert, they would enjoy a one-on-one -on -one conversation versus an extrovert, they would enjoy group conversations. I prefer one-on-one -on -one conversations. 
Now that does not mean that I can't hold a conversation with a group of people, but I just prefer something that's more intimate. Typically this, and it's interesting because this is, um, I pulled up an article by the Huffington Post that I will, um, the Huff Post that I will leave in the show notes so that y'all can refer back to it. Um, extroverts, they typically, what they're saying is that they may have more friends, but the bonds are less strong. And introverts, they have closer relationships with only a few friends. So like, where do you fall on the spectrum? Another thing to think about, they say that introverts, they listen more and extroverts speak more. Interestingly enough, I feel like I should listen more, but I think I speak more than anything. Um, so see, like I, I, like I said, I feel like there's a, there's levels to introverts and extroverts. Um, it also says that typically introverts that they struggle with change and only God knows y'all that your girl, I struggle with change. Yes, I do. I have always struggled with change. I even remember when I was an undergrad, shout out to all my bisons, HU, you know, when I was an undergrad and I was, I founded a mind ministry on campus and my co-founder, she will always change up the choreography, like the day of the show, y'all. And I would feel like I was having a meltdown. I'm like, why can't we just keep it the way that we rehearsed? Because like, I don't do well with change and I don't want to mess up. Just keep it the way that we've been rehearsing. But my co-founder, she would just, you know, she, she just always wanted to switch up. Yeah, in most cases, I didn't mess up. I just, I, I adapted and the performance turned out to be great. But I guess I do struggle with change. And so they say introverts typically struggle with change and extroverts, they easily accept change. Extroverts, they get typically, they're easily distracted and introverts, they have deep focus for a long time. That is me all the way. Now, if I am getting easily distracted, it typically means that I also have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety anxiety disorder. And even with major depressive disorder, a person can still have a very difficult time um, focusing. Now, if my mental illness is in check and I'm doing fairly well, yes, I can focus for a very long time. Like I get tunnel vision. That's just how I am. But like I said, if it's if I'm not in a mental space, a really good mental space, then yes, I can be easily distracted. But yeah, so which one, again, where do you fall? Are you easily distracted or can you spend a long time in deep focus? Another thing for to think about, it says that introverts, they are more reserved and extroverts tend to be a lot more open. See, look, I'm not a reserved person. I am definite, definitely out there like, hey, how you doing? I like meeting people. I'll go up to complete strangers and talk to them. Not all the time. I usually kind of have to, I kind of like observe first to see like watch the people for a minute to see how they interact with other people. Then I may like kind of insert myself, but I don't have a problem with like meeting new people or introducing myself. But there are introverts who tend to be more reserved. I just don't see myself. I don't really identify as being much more reserved. But that's something for you to think about. Are you more reserved or are you more open? It says that introverts also that we, well, I'm not going to say we just because there are different types of introverts, like I said. But introverts tend to be open to a few people and extroverts tend to be pretty much open to anyone. Um, I don't know where I fall in with that because for them, I can be open to pretty much anyone, I, I think. But as far as like a long term relationship with like friends or family, um, I, I typically see how people treat other people. And then I decide if that's, I'm learning now, that's the space that I'm in now. And I'm learning to see, is, is that a relationship that I want to foster? But for the most part, in the beginning, people are like fair game. And by fair game, I say that I give pretty much everyone an equal opportunity or I guess to have a relationship with them is that, am I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Extroverts, do y'all make 
do we make decisions quickly and I, I'm trying to say y'all as in all of us even though I'm just talking into the mic by myself but ultimately it'll be y'all y'all hear the episode and so the difference that is interesting that the chart is saying that extroverts tend to make decisions quickly and introverts reflect before making a decision y'all that is me all the way like I do I think so much before making a decision sometimes maybe I need to act uh, act faster on decisions but I don't know if that will ever change but I do reflect a lot like I'm not even kidding before I make a decision another thing to think about is they say that extroverts love getting attention and extroverts introverts are not interested in getting attention y'all I actually don't mind getting attention it doesn't bother me I feel like I could probably be in the middle with this one because like I don't mind getting attention but I don't go out seeking attention if, if that makes sense so some people don't like having having getting attention at all so and are you fine with working in open spaces or do you like quiet spaces I like quiet spaces all the way all the way I mean I wouldn't I enjoy being amongst nature now you know the insects kind of bother me but you know for the most part like I enjoy hearing like when I go to sleep every single night I play my playlist and it has the sound of water waves waves you know water that like hits against the rocks at the beaches or at the beach rather um raindrops waterfalls like that's me all the way uh so that that typically does i just prefer quiet spaces i mean i can be in loud spaces but my preference is a quiet space and also with when it comes to extroverts and introverts extroverts speak up in meetings while introverts share ideas when prompted um yeah that's not me i definitely if i'm in a meeting i will speak up or not even just in meetings but any type of setting where it's a group setting and if i have something i will definitely speak up i don't have to wait until someone at, at, you know when when I guess I'm prompted I speak up if I have something to say so that's just interesting to see how when I thought about where I fall into the spectrum and so for me like I said it's more so about how I recharge so that's that's pretty interesting and a term that's actually rel relatively new that's that people are talking about are ambiverts and basically what ambiverts are they fall in the middle so ambiverts they're they they fall in the middle between an introvert and an extrovert so if you might think and it's research is actually showing that more people fall in the middle than versus the extreme like introvert versus extrovert so it's saying how the amb ambiversion works in the brain so how social are you is largely dri driven by dopamine and that's dopamine is the brain's feel-good chemical so we all have different levels of dopamine fuel simulation and so that's the area of the brain that is responsible for higher mental functions such as language or conscious thought and those who naturally have high levels of stimulation tend to be introverts which will make sense y'all because when I I kid you not a lot of stimulation just truly sends me I start to become cranky or like irritable when there's like a lot of stimulation so like if I'm on a airplane and the, someone's baby is crying and they won't stop crying I'll just obviously put in my headphones so I won't hear it or earplugs but obviously it's not the baby's fault because that's how babies communicate but I also know that I naturally, if it's something that's going on long, like long term and say like the baby's really fussy for whatever reason, I tend to just get very irritable because I cannot deal with a lot of stimulus. So again, so those who typically have high levels of stimulation tend to be introverts. And so we try, it says we try and avoid any 
social stimulation that might make us feel anxious or overwhelmed. And people who have low levels of stimulation tend to be extroverts. So, but under stimulation leaves extroverts feeling bored. So they seek social stimulation to feel good. And it, it is interesting when you think about not just only how you recharge, but think, ask yourself this question. Do you feel like you need to be around people because you're not happy with yourself? Or is it your personality type? It could be a combination of the two. But the thing is, there are so many people who walk around and they're not happy with themselves. They don't like something about themselves. So they, sur so they surround themselves around a lot of people all the time because then that forces them not to sit with themselves. Now I'm the opposite. I love being by myself, but I also enjoy being around people. While yes, I enjoy being around people, my preference is to be by myself. So I'm very content and I'm very happy with myself and I can sit with myself, I can sit with my thoughts. I don't feel like I need something to numb, to numb me, whether it's drugs or alcohol to try to make me feel like, so I don't have to sit and deal with myself. So that's also something I want you to think about when you're around your when you're around other people what what's the reason that you're being around people are you around people because you genuinely enjoy being around people or are you trying to run from yourself that's something else to think about but finding out whether you're an ambivert so it's important to kind of pin down where you fall in the introversion extroversion scale just by increasing your awareness of the type of person that you are you can develop a better sense of your tendencies and learn to play on your strengths so here's something to think about if you are if you think you may be an ambivert where you may fall in between where you feel like mm, i'm not really an introvert but i'm not really an extrovert you may fall in you may be an ambivert fall in the middle so something to think about I can perform tasks alone or in a group, or I don't have much of a preference either way. If you don't have much of a preference either way, you might be an ambivert. I prefer to do things by myself, even though yes, I can do them in a group, but I prefer to do it by myself. Yes, what about social settings? Do social settings make you uncomfortable, but do you feel like you become tired when you're around people too much? Of course, you already know where I stand with this, but it's something for you to think about. I'm just posing these questions so it's something for you to get a sense of yourself and just really try to become more self-aware. Do you enjoy being the center of attention or it doesn't matter to you? Some people, what about some people think that you're quiet versus being highly social? Or do you feel like you fit in the middle of that? Or what about you don't always need to be moving but too much time, too much downtime, it makes you feel like you're bored. So do you feel like if you have too much time on your hands, you start to get bored? What about maybe you feel like you can get lost in your own thoughts just as easily as you can lose yourself in a conversation? What about small talk? Does small talk make you feel comfortable or uncomfortable? Or does it get boring? These are things for you. I'm just, again, posing these questions for you to think. Um, do you think that if you, when it comes to trusting other people, sometimes you get skeptical and other times you might dive right in? Would something that you think about, and they actually show that there was a study that they showed that people, the best type of people to work in sales are ambiverts because they can, they can basically kind of turn off the introversion versus extroversion and may be able to learn how to um, read people a little bit better because their personality type, they can kind of, again, they fit in the middle. They're, they're not on the extreme. And that's something also that the study, that a study that I found talked about and in saying that the sales increase, sales and revenues increase by the levels of extroversion. And so someone who's an extrovert, of course, they, in most cases, they would be a great salesperson but someone who's an um, a ambivert, they can turn on and be extremely extroverted. Ambiverts tend to know when to talk and when to listen. One of the few studies on ambiverts by Adam Grant of the Walt 
Walton School at the University of Pennsylvania, he found that ambiverts make the, the best salespeople, and here's why. Because they understand when to make the pitch and when to pause. So this, it does make a lot of sense just because ambiverts can have a bigger repertoire of responsibilities and be more flexible in situations versus somebody like me, I do have a very hard time with change. So ambiverts, they, again, they, they can be quiet, but they can know when to use that gift of gab. They typically, what it falls down to ambiverts know, they know how to adapt easily. And, but also again, like I said, extroverts, they tend to know how to adapt easily as well. And so, but I think it's really important that no matter where you fall on the spectrum, you're not better or worse if you're introvert or extrovert or uh, ambivert. You are just a different kind of individual and we are all different kinds of people, but it does help you to identify, to figure out when to make certain decisions based on your personality type. What type of situations should you be involved in or relationships you should have based on your personality type. So it is definitely something to think about. And it's interesting that they say that extroverts tend to be impulsive shopper and have smaller savings. Now, I'm not sure how true that is. And then also ambiverts don't play it too safe or take too many risks. Extroverts, they tend to be the ones to kind of take risks and they might be the first to jump on a plane to Las Vegas for the weekend just because. But introverts would be, would behave in a more reserved way, weighing the pros and cons of their impromptu trip. And ambiverts may, would sometimes agree to go and, and sometimes pass. So yeah. I'm the introvert all the way because I write, I literally have a pros and cons before I make lists, before I make any final decision. That's usually how I operate. And so I thought it was pretty, pretty cool for us to just kind of have this conversation to see where do you fall in the spectrum? Ask yourself, how do I recharge? What are the best type of personalities when, it, when you think about your relationship that may clash with someone else? versus the ones, uh, the type of personalities where you feel like you actually click more with people. So it's very interesting. And honestly, y'all, before I started therapy, I thought I was an extrovert. And the reason why I thought I was an extrovert is because I'm a social butterfly. I like people. I enjoy being around people. I like speaking. I, I'll go to a party and I'll dance. I don't know if I will be the life of the party though, but I will go to a party, I'll, be, I'll dance. I'm not shy at all. As a kid, I was definitely shy, but once I started getting into pageants and like dance and like playing an instrument and like choir, like I literally was in Girl Scouts, modeling, like you name it, I did it. Once I started to do those things, I really did start to come out of my shell more and I just started becoming much more social. But I would say around once I was eight years old, that's when I started to kind of like come out of my shell because I was doing all these extracurricular activities. But before that, I was very reserved and I stayed to myself. So I see that those tendencies, some of those tendencies are still there. Like I'm still very much so prefer to be by myself. I prefer to read a book. But again, um, like I said, being around people too much, that's when I typically run into the issues because I start getting really irritated and I got to pull away so I can recharge. So that's just something for y'all to think about. Um, just because I, again, I like to keep the episodes light sometimes and I don't want things to always be like so deep and it doesn't always have to, mental health doesn't always have to be about diving into your deepest, darkest secret and your childhood traumas. And there can be things that can also be very light. So that's what the purpose of today's episode is. So for this week's therapist shout out, I'm excited because we usually talk about a lot of women who are therapists and I really, really want to make sure that we know about black men or other men of color who are also therapists. So this therapist, his name is Clifford Clark and he is based in Michigan. So if there's anyone listening to the podcast and you're in 
the I'm trying to make sure I'm actually looking at his profile so we can make sure that you have his information I'm trying to see exactly where he's located so he but first let me tell y'all he has more than 15 years of experience and his specialty is sex addiction marriage and couples counseling and also men's issues so he's a certified sex addict uh, addiction therapist and actually it makes me think about the uh, episode we had a while ago where we talked about sex addiction um people a lot of times don't talk about that but it is very much so a real thing so if this is something that you struggle with i encourage you to go back and listen to the episode on sex addiction but also find a therapist who specializes in sex addiction and so he is based in hold on want to make sure i got inkster michigan so inkster is i-n-k-s-t-e-r he's in inkster michigan and he has his own practice and his website i want to make sure that i'm giving y'all his correct website his website is www.transparentcounseling.com and i'll be sure to include his information in the show notes so that if you're in the inkster michigan area and you're looking for a therapist um, even if you don't struggle with sex addiction, but maybe you're in a serious relationship or you're engaged or you're married and you want to get some counseling, he also specializes in that as well. So you can definitely check him out. And again, his website is www.transparent-counseling.com and his name is Clifford Clark. Alright y'all, so for this week's Mind, Body, and Soulness segment, the year is winding down. It's pretty much holiday season and I want us to actually start thinking about goals that we can incorporate, start incorporating now that can move us into the new year. I mean, I really don't do New Year's resolutions, but that's another podcast, another topic for another day. We're not going to even get into that, but... Some mental health goals. I wrote this article last year in December and I thought it was really relevant to today because people tend not to think about mental health goals. Everybody wants to their New Year's goal or resolution is like, let me lose weight. Let me pay off debt. They're usually things like that. Those are the things that first come to mind is like debt elimination and like losing weight starting a gym membership, changing the way you eat, like those things that are most, that are pretty popular. And I'm not saying those are bad things. Let me be clear. Those are are not bad things, but I just want us to think about other things that can ultimately impact our mental health. Something for you to think about, setting boundaries. So setting boundaries will require you to be more in tune with yourself. Boundaries are necessary for yourself and others because it sets the tone for how people treat you and how you treat yourself. It helps you to be assertive and confidently state what you need. And you might be in fewer situations that force you to experience resentment and anger um, and boundaries promote peace and safety. So in addition, you know, boundaries also give you more time to nourish your mind, body, and soul. Hence the name of the segment mind body and soulness because everything truly impacts our mental health so for instance say you ask someone not to call you after 9 p.m and they call you after 9 p.m that means that person does not respect your boundary if you tell somebody not to call you after nine o'clock because maybe you're a parent and you're trying to get your children to sleep at that time then don't answer the phone if you told yourself that you need to leave the office by a certain time then For instance, let's say you want to leave your office by 6 o'clock because you have a 7 o'clock workout class that you want to get to, then make sure you leave on time and stick with those boundaries because your health truly does depend on it. Now, of course, there are one-off situations where sometimes you got to stay at work late because you're working on a big project, or sometimes you may get that call after 9 o'clock because it's an emergency. Those situations are different, of course. You know, we have to be flexible given the things that happen in our life, but... 
those are instances where, like I said, it truly is important to set those boundaries. And that's something that I continue to work on to set boundaries with myself, but, but then also setting boundaries with other people. Those are just like small instances where you set a boundary for yourself. Hence the example that I use about leaving work at a certain time, that's a boundary that you set for yourself. But then that's also a boundary you set for your supervisor. If your supervisor is always taking advantage of you and they always, they expect you to stay at work late because they know that you're always going to be the one to stay at work late. But then anytime you may find that, oh, well, I need to take care of myself more or I want to spend more time with my family. So I need to get out of here at a reasonable hour. That's a boundary that you're going to have to set with your supervisor and tell them, like, I have to leave out of here at a certain time. And if that job doesn't respect your boundary, then possibly you may have to consider a job that is more flexible to your lifestyle. Now, that's easier said than done. Let's be clear. Another thing to think about when you start are getting into this Y'all thinking about y'all goals that y'all want to create in the new year. But like I said, I'm truly big on starting now. You don't have to wait till January 1st. Because let's be clear, when the clock strikes 12 at midnight on New Year's Eve, you're not going to magically become this new person. It just doesn't happen like that. So really start thinking about those things that you want to improve on yourself and start working on them now and just continue them into the new year. Another thing is, that a mental health goal that you can also think about is removing toxic people from your life that was actually these are some of the goals that I highlighted earlier when the podcast first started in the beginning of the year and I was talking about these very same new year or these mental health goals rather that we can include into our lives when we think about things that we may want to do whether it's finding our purpose or having a, you know, having a job change or making more money or spending more time with family, whatever those things are. But another goal that I want to highlight is removing toxic people from your life. And for some reason, like we tend to think that because someone is our childhood friend or our family member that we are required to keep them in our lives. I don't operate like that. I don't care if someone is my cousin no it's like or the saying blood is thicker than water i don't necessarily agree with that because someone can be your family member but they could be a very toxic person and you're saying just because this is my cousin and they're very toxic i'm supposed to have them in my life nah i uh uh-uh, no i don't do that if you can love people from a distance and there are some family members who shall re- remain nameless who are very toxic and I love them from a distance. Like if they call me or if they wanna talk to me, I'll answer the phone, but they're like, there's this boundary again, going back to that boundary that I have set with them, where I only gauge gauge with them when necessary. I'm not gonna surround myself around someone who is constantly toxic 24 seven and that's gonna drain the crap out of me. Family, friend, no, That's, that's just not what I'm gonna do. You may have some people in your life who constantly take advantage of you and as a result you feel drained or you are constantly giving and never receiving, then it's time to re-evaluate that person in your life. Maybe the person is a dream killer, you come up with a business idea and you're like, oh, I really want to start a business as, um, I'm, you know, I want to open my own restaurant. And they're like, oh, that's a stupid idea. You didn't even go to school. Um, for cooking like you can never open that restaurant like they're dream killer why would now because that's your friend that you've known since you were five years old you want to keep that person in your life but yet they're killing your dreams like that's the stuff I'm talking about what type of relationships do you have in your life and if they are toxic people constantly in your life or even think about hey maybe you may think oh I'm the toxic person and I need to make some changes in my life and stop being so negative so Think about that and, you know, maybe it's removing some toxic people from your life. Something that you can also think about is incorporating daily meditation for people who have, whether you have an anxiety disorder or you struggle with anxiety, anxiety can also be very debilitating, especially for people like me. Anxiety will truly stop me from doing things that I need to get done. And it can often lead to an increased heart rate, shortness of breath, where the person can feel like they're going to have a heart attack. For me, that helps me with my anxiety disorder. I take medication, but I also, you know, incorporate meditation. So maybe 
you can incorporate daily meditations before you start your day or at the end of the or to help you go to sleep and meditation has been great as it has shows to it shows it shows to reduce blood pressure improves your breathing and it helps treat mood and mental disorders now that's not to say that if you meditate you won't need medication for your severe anxiety disorder that's not what i'm saying because some people can have an anxiety disorder and they don't need the medication and there are other people who like me i can meditate but i also need my medication so it just depends you have to figure out what works best for you and talk with the therapist and help you figure that out there are awesome apps like calm and headspace there are awesome meditation apps that y'all can check out another thing that you can add to a goal is commit to therapy commit to working on yourself and i always talk about how you don't need a mental illness to go to therapy you do not therapy for me is just simply i always say if you want to become a better person go to therapy because it helps you become more self-aware it helps you to make sure that you have healthy relationships with yourself healthy relationships with other people it helps you make sure that you're taking care of yourself self-care and that's very a very trendy word self-care going on but i don't i'm not talking about the manis and the petties i'm talking about truly being the best version of yourself so maybe that's a goal that you want to incorporate is simply committing to therapy and the other thing that i want us to think about is practicing forgiveness and i say this as a person who truly does believe in forgiveness and when i say forgiveness you're probably saying to yourself you know forgiveness is not a real goal but before you jump ahead of yourself i'm pretty sure you didn't know that a lack of forgiveness can de- uh a lack of forgiveness can decrease your lifespan yes y'all read right i mean not you read right y'all heard right there was um an article on the huffington post and it said people who practice conditional forgiveness in other words people who can only forgive people if you're like i only can forgive that person if they say they forgive me or if they do what i want them to do or whatever about that transgression whatever that is maybe more likely to die early compared to people who practice forgiveness where it doesn't matter if they get that apology or not that they're still going to forgive the person regardless now let's be clear just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you have to have them back into your life that's not what it is so there okay so forgiveness unforgiveness could be like oh i want revenge i want that person to feel the type of pain that they that that they inflicted on me i want you know i want to get them back that's also of course unforgiveness um i i have been there too but through therapy i have now i don't that's something that i've worked through and so i don't really have despite of anything that someone may have done to me i don't I don't have the desire to like get somebody back. They could have hurt me really bad, but I don't stay up at night thinking like how am I going to get this person back? How am I going to inflict pain on them? No. And if that's something that you struggle with, I highly recommend therapy. But in addition, it's it's important to understand that when we're chronically angry, it impacts our blood pressure, our heart rate, and our sleep. And that's according to John Hopkins Medicine. So walking around angry, it gives permission for someone to live rent-free in your head. And that's something my friend told me. And it also prevents you from growing and living a healthier lifestyle. So like I said, forgiveness does not mean um, does not mean you must speak to the person if the relationship is toxic and if if yeah, so if the relationship was toxic and the person hasn't changed or they don't want to take and they don't want to take responsibilities for their actions or they're not trying to meet you halfway and understand you that doesn't mean you have to have that person back into your life forgiveness simply means acceptance it means accepting the situation for what it is and learning to have peace with it that's what forgiveness is and so that's something that I want you all to think about to not walk around holding a grudge against them I truly don't hold grudges anymore because life is too short and I'm not trying to give myself a heart attack because I'm walking around angry at the world because of what someone or some people did to me like it truly is too short 
And that's not to say I'm perfect. Let's be clear. That's why I go to therapy because I'm constantly working on myself and to become more self-aware. And so I'm, I would be one of the first people that when I mess up, I take responsibility and say, hey, yes, I messed up. And I try to figure out ways to try to fix it. Now, I can't always fix it, but it's just something for us to think about. So that's for the mind, body, and segment. So I hope that y'all got something from that. And so that's it for this episode. I hope that y'all got something out of this. When you think about if you're an introvert, if you're an extrovert, if you're an ambivert, where do you fall in the spectrum? And what does that mean based on your personality type? What does that mean about you? I hope that it helps you become more self-aware and helps you figure out how you, again, how you navigate these spaces, how you navigate your career, how you navigate the relationships with your children versus how you navigate relationships with your friends. Um, And that's something that truly does help me because like, for instance, since I'm an introvert, I know that if it's possible for me and I have to do a better job at this, but After I have a speaking engagement where I'm speaking to a lot of people and after I'm done speaking, typically people want to come up and talk to me. The next day, I typically need time alone where that means I'm not even on social media. I'm in the bed or on the couch reading the book, recharging. So just little things like that. I hope that that was something that you guys got something from listening to this episode and also... If you guys have any topics that you want me to talk about, please send them to me in an email. Kia at FireflyesUnite.com. That's K-E-A at FireflyesUnite.com. Any topics that y'all want me to talk about. If I can't speak to it, I will gladly bring in a professional because I have no pride over here. If I don't know, then I don't know. I will bring somebody in to talk about that particular topic. Also, I want to encourage you to please leave your reviews and please leave your reviews and rate the podcast on apple Podcasts. share the podcast on social media please follow me i'm at fireflies pod on all social media platforms i would love to connect with you there i'm pretty much really engaged on social media if someone sends me a dm i do respond to pretty much all of my dms unless someone's like sending me a creepy message or if it's like spam or something then I would like delete it but most cases anyone sends me a DM I will respond people sometimes it's cute it's like I know you don't know me but I listen to the podcast and I have this question and I'll respond right in the DM I'm not above responding to DM um Twitter I love Twitter so you can reach out to me on there too and also join the Fireflies Unite Healthy Minds group on Facebook My goal is to have us go live once a month. So we did go live last month, and I look forward to going live this month. If there's a topic that you want me to talk about on the live, please let me know because then we could record the podcast episode and do the live at the same time. So kill two birds with one stone. So that's pretty awesome. Please let me know if there's anything that you want me to talk about on the live. And that's pretty much it. You all have a blessed week and thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health. But please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.